0: Dead Bodies is not for the squeamish and is intended for mature audiences. Kirsten, have you finished your wordle? No, I'm stumped. I'm like, I've used four goes and I've got one letter. I think I'm going to lose play? this one. I've got an unbeatable oh. record and I'm scared. I almost need a hint. Oh, I see. You know? So if you don't get it in the six guesses, you're, you're, a done. Idiot. you're done.
1: Yeah. Yeah. See, my issue is that I start, I never think of the most obvious word. My brain is like, kefu. Is that a word? Yep. That's a word. <laughs> And then it'll turn out to be heights. <laughs> but I think of all the strange,
0: like... Well, that's... And what I, I don't know, can there be a double letter? Yes. Like, could it be blessed?
1: Yes.
0: Do the, it, it, that's a question.
1: There, there can the, be a double letter. Oh, can
0: there? Yes. So if you find out it's E, it's the only vowel that, that it could possibly be. There could be a double E. And yep. do you develop a hatred for vowels? I do. It's like what, how, why, well, how can a you be in the word? It's not necessary. Correct.
1: And you think like you. Oh, sometimes I have to leave it and come back because I get so mad. So I'll do two goes in the morning, then I might be doing another go during a press conference and then I might finish my story at work and I'll sit at my desk and do another go. That's well, my I life at the know. moment.
0: With the first time I played it and I, I saw the little thing that was like a ticking timer and I thought, oh my God, it's timing me. So I panicked. I it was oh,
1: like, I don't care about the timer. No.
0: Oh, I, is it timing you? I don't even know if it, if it is.
1: I don't know if it's timing you or it's counting down to the next word. Or That's what
0: it is. Yeah. But I thought it was timing me until I automatically became so competitive and like pressure. But then now we've got this thing where Kirsten and I each do it and it, there's an awkwardness because she's Why? been better than me some days. I've been better than her and it's it what is to thing. say.
1: If you get a real, you're a real smug fucker when you yeah. get it in like <laughs> two or three goes and then you, that's when you message other people like, have you done your name? Because I've done it she? i got it in three guesses. And then if you get it in like six you're not messaging anyone yeah you you go to ground um, (laughs) yeah you go to ground on it exactly cursed
0: (laughs) there's an app somebody sent me somebody was listening to the show sent it to me it's called word hero what's that this app i don't want to know it's Hmm. permanent wordle i think there's it's tries to put ads in you can play as many as you like do you know what's so i can do a tweet
1: saying that the government is going to triple our taxes right? and it'll get 200 likes I did a tweet saying before I started Wordle confession I do not know what Wordle is I'm scared to like it yep. oh, like 2,000 likes <laughs> like people were DMing me they were like come to the dark side Chanel uh, yeah. like you're gonna love it it's gonna be the best thing for your life other people were DM me going don't do it it's gonna ruin your whole day well <laughs> like it was so polarizing
0: very, but um, yeah, no, I'm, now I I'm mean, I'm in it up to my neck.
1: Any other banter? Um, not off the top. I pulled my tampon out the other day, just string. Oh
0: shit! Did you have you watched How's the that episode? for a horror story? If oh, you been watching, and just like that. <laughs> well, this is a conversation because have you been watching, and just like that? Yes. Okay, so uh, Charlotte's trying to Daughter get Daughter Lily yes, yeah. was resisting as we yep. all have done. I'm yep. not using tablets, sure. it's disgusting. I don't want something yep. inside me. Yeah. And and then you don't know how to get it in there and yep. how, and she eventually she relented and Charlotte went in to show her and it's the funniest scene. She's telling her she's got her foot <sighs> up on the toilet. Honestly, Who, and no does one it do? does it
1: like that. No, no one does. does it like no.
0: that. Do you squat? I used to squat. No. To oh that's how I would
1: how do you just just straight in straight on up okay but how's that in all my years of tampon use i've kn- and you know just when i pulled string? it mm-hmm. i went oh <laughs> i knew it felt, so like you... felt loose like the string felt loose i you... just sat there for a moment to be honest i just took a moment oh. and i was like oh for fuck's sake this Is... would happen to you Chanel. i was home alone but the bathroom was a full house so the dogs were in there cuz they're always in there when i'm in there right. so i just looked at them and i was like boys we have got an issue <laughs> and I was imagining all kinds of scenarios I was like if I can't get this out I'm it was like nine o'clock at night I'm gonna have to go to the doctors and I'm gonna have to say
0: well what do you do because you can't well I suppose you can if you try but you can't get think your fingers up like pinches no what well, can you, you use kitchen tongs it was
1: I won't go blow for blow but it wasn't a great time
0: did you use something or no had yeah, to just oh wow it was a human retrieval hook it with a fingernail <laughs> <laughs> it was like but I
1: got sweaty for a moment I can definitely oh tell you no. that I was stressing I was like where is the closest 24-hour GP oh. what am I gonna say like I've been riding the crimson wave for a long time this has never <laughs> happened to me just the shit that
0: women have to go through honestly is the it's the worst feeling in the world if you are somewhere maybe at a lunch or something or somewhere, and it somehow makes its way nearly to the exit. And you can feel it. That feeling of that. Why does it feel like it is six feet wide? Honestly, and you clench and you're like,
1: if I don't get to the bathroom (laughs) right now. It used to actually, speaking about dead bodies, it used to be the worst when I was on the crime round. So I'd be on the road from 6am you'd someone's been murdered you, you go out to the crime scene and you're still there sometimes at five six o'clock at night because you're live crossing yeah and so there would be times where I would it would be that time of the month I'm cautious of our male you know listeners who are oh, probably they're, freaking they're, they're out they're getting expectations um, what they're getting that's right now. true and where do you go so yeah. you'd have to knock on you I think I've said this before you pick the nicest house and you knock on the door and say I'm so sorry I'm darnell from such and such do you mind if i use your bathroom but they would definitely we'd be in the bush sometimes well would they say to you, look we're on a septic system don't flush it please i've definitely been in a natural disaster zone yes and i've had to say to the cameraman you need to get out of the car
0: oh okay and well, what it, else can just you do
1: nothing nothing wow. yeah i might like, get out of the car and just stand at the back for a second
0: see people would see you on the telly all gorgeous <laughs> and your hair's perfect they and they would think oh well, look at her immaculate they don't know. they don't know what you actually go they through they don't know yeah it's a
1: real time go for it no you want me to go
0: first yeah okay why not i'm just you... saying you've got a cute picture on your laptop i'm going to take a picture of it to go oh a cameraman the, made that for uh, me the facebook page yeah
1: do you know when you get your period? Mm, well,
0: um, I'm gonna just have to fess up to something here. What? It's both wonderful, but not. Well, oh, I know what you're gonna say. I haven't had one for ages, oh, so jealous. it must be menopause, which is fine. And I've had no other symptoms, anything else to say? No hot flushes. No. Well, oh, you've had yes, that. Yes, that's the only one. And let me tell you, in a in a Melbourne summer, oh. where the temperature's up in the white and then suddenly it's like someone's gone. I'm gonna put the heater on for you. Oh. Just... And you're there and you oh and if I'm at work I'm like oh <laughs> sweet sweaty. but it only goes for a short time and okay. then it disappears again. Well when as
1: long term listeners would know, um, my mum's Sri Lankan. So in Sri Lanka, when you get your period, I don't know how this conversation well, I turn the conversation this way, so yeah. I do know, but we're All sticking responsibility with it. Um you. there's a there's a celebration. There's a Oh yes, and it was I know we may have Sri Lankan listeners and it is a tradition and it may be lovely for you, but it was mortifying for me. So basically, it's called Growing Up. When you grow up, yeah. So you get your first period, and everyone comes over to the house. Oh Oh, no, no, no! No. And so you're not allowed to see any men, and you're meant to be locked in your room for seven days. We didn't do that part. Yeah, we didn't do that part. And then you have to like get your horoscope done. You have to wear a certain colour, and then not white. I had to wear white. No. White was my colour, no. right? What the fuck? And no. you're like, oh, always honestly. Wearing white,
0: you get an unexpected period. Now
1: when I look back on it, it was mortifying. And so then like my grandma had to come over and she, you have mm-hmm. like your first shower and then she gets this terracotta pot full of herbs and like smashes it on the ground of the shower. This sounds wild, doesn't oh, it? it is. And, yep. yep. And then all your family comes over and then you come out of the room and you're meant to be like a woman. I was 10, by the way. Wow, that's young. I know. I was 12. I was 10. And so the first person you're meant to see is your dad. And then he gives you jewelry. This is the good part. Oh, people no, give dad, you jewelry. No. no, dad,
0: no. Yeah, people no, give dad, you jewelry. Away. You don't want your dad to even but, know it's your happening. Your whole
1: family's there. Like your aunties, uncles, there's cake and it's a real thing and everyone's like yay you got your period and I was mortified and I had to take the day off school for it and then the next day we was like where were you yesterday I was like I just felt sick Oh. No, I didn't want anyone to know that I'd had a period oh. party at my house.
0: Oh. I was so embarrassed. Celebrate the uterus. Yeah, there's a proper name for it. I can't remember the name, but that's what happens. I've never heard that. That's mm. actually fascinating. It's mm. actually quite lovely in a way, isn't it? because yeah. you didn't have that, did you? No, I certainly didn't. But I want to know, was there a greeting on the cake? Like when you had... You
1: know? <laughs> no, there wasn't. Okay. But I remember being like, I don't want any cake. Like, I don't want any... I feel sick. I'm bleeding. I'm not okay. All you fuckers are here. I'm wearing white.
0: I used to just want Milo all the time, and chocolate. And apparently, there is something in that. There's phosphorus Mm. in Milo and in chocolate. And you, you, when you've got your period, you need phosphorus. It's a surefire way to get
1: rid of men. Like there are times at work. There's one particular producer at work who I love, and. He's bombarded by women every day in that newsroom. and one day he came up to me, he was like, "So we're just thinking for your live crossbow And I was like, "Hey, I need to go change my tampon."
2: Oh and he was
1: like, "Holy shit, you just go do what you need to do. you go." And I was <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not having this conversation standing here feeling like, Big birth that's making her exit. I
0: it's can't. It's good when it's boys who have sisters because they understand better mm. and it's not hidden and yeah. everything's open and spoken about. And yeah, I would think it would be difficult for boys who only have brothers when they eventually have a girlfriend. It's all going to come to as a periods. shock to them. Yeah, mm, The mm. crime scene. Yeah.
1: Mm. All right. Okay, this is the story. You might – you'll know this story, but you might not know the name. Roger Kingsley Dean? No. Okay. Roger is 35 years old at the time of this story. He was born in Vietnam and came to Australia as a child. He studied studied nursing, rather, and by 2004, he was working at the St. George Hospital and St. John of God Hospital in Burwood. So we're in New South Wales. Hmm and he'd also started a law degree. At the time of this story he was living with a man called Mr French and Mr French noticed that Roger had developed a somewhat of a drug addiction. He'd noticed that Roger was hoarding medications in the kitchen pantry into Tupperware containers and the pantry also contained a bundle of 65 prescriptions. So Roger had obtained these prescriptions by what was called doctor shopping and that's moving from doctor to doctor and as soon as one expressed a reluctance to hand over the drugs that he wanted, he would move on to the next doctor.
0: Sorry, when was this? What year? Um, We're
1: heading into 2011. Oh, okay then. Mm. Haven't they stopped? I think, yeah, you can't do that anymore. Even just speaking about periods, I lost a whole box of the pill. Oh, wow. Yeah, expensive mistake. Yeah. And so I went to get another one. And they were—they questioned me over it. They were ah. like, oh, you should still have three weeks left. And I said, oh, no, I've lost it. It's somewhere in my house. I don't know where it is. Yeah. So they definitely can stop it. Hmm. But, yeah. Um, but I think with doctor shopping, it's different, right? Because you can have as many prescriptions as you want. You just keep floating around from doctor to doctor, not yeah. necessarily using but fake scripts. But if you're scripts.
0: picking up drugs at different chemist shops, Yes, pharmacies. it would all be coming
1: up, right? Yes, so, I yeah, would think so. True. Yeah. So Roger, uh, at the beginning of 2011, was taking about 15 tablets per day, including sleeping tablets in the morning uh, if he was working a night shift that night because he was working in aged care. Mr. French described Roger's behavior as odd In the second half of 2011, there were occasions when Roger would telephone uh, Mr. French, unaware that he'd already called him moments before. Roger also visited Mr. French at his shop and occasionally returned a short time later, unaware that he'd already been there that day. Um, Roger purchased a number of items for which he had no need, for example, crutches. The latter purchase in particular was... um, a time where he'd bought the crutches, but they were actually a children's set of crutches. So he had no need for them, but he just decided he wanted them. Um, In December 2010, Roger purchased a quantity of jewellery from a street salesperson and later admitted he had no recollection of making that purchase. So he's all over the shop. He's on prescription drugs. He's making weird purchases, calling people and not remembering. Mr. French also said he witnessed Roger sleepwalking. And at some stage, uh, Roger attempted to fit a latch to his bedroom door so that Mr. French couldn't try and lock him in at night. Um, There were also telephone conversations with Roger where he would report being at a shopping centre and he had no idea how he got there. Crazy. In 2011, Roger began working at Quakers Hill Nursing Home. He worked night shifts on Wednesday and Thursday nights. The nursing home is... Um, high needs so it caters to about 100 uh, different patients and some of them were mobile some of them were not it had 35 separate rooms each containing a number of beds at the time roger was also studying law uh, at macquarie university and he was close to completing that degree at the time so he's got a lot
0: going on that's interesting so if he's yeah like he's Obviously not functioning properly and yet he's able to study law.
1: Yeah, so he's studied nursing, he's worked in hospitals, he's also studying law, he's taking all these drugs to stay up and there's a lot going on. It's quite chaotic. So Roger was in charge of the night shift as the registered nurse on the nights of the 16th to the 17th of November. And then from the 17th to the 18th of November, 2011. On the 16th of November, 2011, Roger started his shift at 10.30 p.m. Between that time and the end of his shift at 7 a.m., Roger stole 237 Endone tablets. And one capanol tablet from the treatment room.
0: I hate that endone. They always give it to you if you've had like a procedure of some sort and it's like it knocks you out. So I'll save my bowel banter for next
1: episode. But yes, every time I go in for a colonoscopy or actually when I had my breast um, surgery, they gave me endone as well and it just sends me. They love
0: giving you endone and and they always warn you, you'll need to have some prunes because um, it'll constipate you. That's right. Why do the nurses talk in that voice? I don't know. I don't That's, wake up, Chanel. It's over. No. Um, don't wake me up. It's the best <laughs> sleep ever. I
1: know. It's all done, love. Um, oh, they, always, they do sound like that, all of them. I don't know why. Um, okay, so both drugs – I haven't heard of capanol, but it's also a pain medication. So Roger locked himself inside the treatment room for substantial periods of time in order to remove the drugs from the little blister packs and he attempted to mask the activity by placing sticky tape around the blister packs on the trolley. I'm guessing to make it look like they, they were full. Right. So, so people would avoid using them and they'd use the, the ones that had already been used. On the 17th of November 2011 at about 7.30pm the nursing staff conducted an audit of the medications which they would do every single day and discovered that medication was missing The clinical manager was contacted and she travelled to the nursing home and conducted a re-audit of the drugs confirming that there were missing medications At about 10pm she rang the Quakers Hill Police Station to report the theft of the drugs which would be quite alarming they've got 230 Eight tablets missing. Yeah, it's extraordinary. On the at ten twenty three p.m. on the seventeenth of November, so twenty three minutes after the police have been called, Roger started his second shift. During the briefing and the handover, Roger was told of the missing drugs. Shortly after midnight, two police officers attended the nursing home and were met by Roger, who took them to the manager's office in the central ad- admin area. Mm. The police commenced a police can't say this preliminary, preliminary. You got yeah it. see that's why I couldn't cover sort of, football because I, I can't talk. I'd have prelim the prelim <laughs> <laughs> that's why all those sport reporters say <laughs> prelim because no one can say preliminary
0: you did it. They I are. know,
1: but I can't say that on the news, preliminary. <laughs> um, investigation into the theft of the drugs, but left after just 17 minutes to attend an urgent accident. While waiting for their return, the manager viewed the CCTV footage from the previous night shift and noted that Roger had entered the treatment room on a number of occasions. At about 435
0: A.M. Something's going to happen because there's no dead body yet. Mm, Roger requested
1: two assistant nurses in the B wing near the treatment room to leave the floor. They declined on the basis that they had already had a break. Roger then approached two other assistant nurses in A wing and insisted that they take a break. They did so, leaving Roger alone on that ward. At 4.51 a.m., Roger walked through the foyer and entered the A2 wing where there were no CCTV cameras. Shortly before 4.53am, Roger set fire to a bed in room 19 in A2 Wing.
0: Wow, that escalated quickly, didn't
1: Uh, it? Yep. Using a cigarette lighter, which had been left in the kitchen by a staff member. At 4.53am, the fire sensors detected the fire in room 19 and activated the alarm. The alarm caused a siren to activate within the nursing home and an automatic message was sent to the fire brigade. All the fire doors throughout the nursing home closed and activated the fire alarm panel in the foyer. As the fire door closed, Roger walked from A2 wing towards A1 wing. Between 4.53 and 5.02, Roger lit a second fire on the sheet of an unoccupied bed wow, in room he's 3. he's going
0: for it now, isn't in
1: he? In A1 wing. Is lighter. Using same cigarette lighter knowing that the fire alarm had been triggered by the first fire. Two occupants of this room were immobile and incapable of moving their beds without assistance. Roger then disposed of the cigarette lighter in a sanitary bin in the A1 wing bathroom. And we're back with the tampons. We're full circle. I didn't think we'd make that but here we are. So he's lit a room, he's lit a fire in a room with two patients who are incapable of moving by themselves.
0: It's horrible.
1: At 4.59am, the first fire brigade officers arrived at the nursing home. The officers were directed by staff to the first fire in room 19 in A2 wing. They extinguished that fire. They were not aware of the second fire in A1 wing until mm. shortly after 5am. At this point, Roger is helping to evacuate patients. He's there. He's ushering people out. He's very much a part of the evacuation process and at no stage did he tell anyone that he lit a second fire? At 504 am, fire brigade officers entered A1 wing but were unable to determine the seat of the fire because of the intensity of the heat and the degree of black smoke. So you've got to remember there's beds, there's sheets, mm. all that kind of stuff that would really create a chemical fire.
0: I can't think why he, why he, does he, is, is he going to tell us why he did it? I, I can't work out why he did, why he did it.
1: So at this, at this point where the black smoke is kind of billowing from that wing, yeah. fire brigade officers said they could hear residents calling for help. At 5.08am, Roger was outside the front entrance being directed by firemen to move away from the entrance area. Over the next 10 minutes, he remained outside moving residents away from the entrance to the building. 5:15 a.m. fire brigade officers discovered the second fire in room 3 of A1 wing. It was already partially breaching the roof of the nursing home and it had been burning for at least 13 minutes. <sighs> Between 5.20 and 6.10am, Roger made three efforts to enter the nursing home through the front doors. On each occasion, he was told to go away by fire brigade officers or police officers. On the last occasion, Roger said to the fire brigade officers, I need to go inside to get the drug books. I need to get in there. Roger showed a fire brigade officer the two lanyards that operated the locks to the treatment room and the cabinet, and Roger was given permission to enter the building and retrieve the drug books. no
0: don't let him in he's the one that
1: did it all Roger accompanied two firefighters into the building and went with them to the treatment room. He gave the keys to one of the officers, explained the location of the cabinet and described the two books. He said, we need them, we need them, we need to get these out. Roger remained in the corridor away from the treatment room and outside the scope of the CCTV cameras. When the firefighters were unable to open the door, they invited Roger to assist. Roger appeared reluctant because he's going to have to walk into the CCTV area and complained that he was asthmatic. He ultimately approached and unlocked the door to the treatment room, entered the drug room and unlocked the drug cabinet. He removed two register books, put them into a yellow shoulder bag and left the building. He said, I need to go home. I need to go home. I need to get my Ventolin. I live close by. I really need to get my Ventolin. Roger was leaving the nursing home as reporters turned up to the scene. A reporter ran in front of Roger and began filming him. He asked what was happening. Other cameramen and reporters came over and Roger gave a brief interview. He couldn't help himself.
0: Right? Mm. Yeah.
1: In part, Roger said, Hi, I'm Roger. I am one of the nurses. There was just a fire, and I just quickly just did what I could to get everyone out. And the smoke is just so overwhelming, but we got a lot of people out, so that's the main thing.
0: Fucking narcissist. In Couldn't
1: this interview, help Roger is coherent, alert, mm. and responsive. Mm-hmm. Roger then travelled on foot to his home in Walker Street, Quakers Hill. He tore up the two registers, placed the remains in a grey plastic shopping bag, and then was driven by his flatmate, Mr. French, to the vicinity of Douglas Road, Quakers Hill. Roger formerly worked at a cheesecake shop in Douglas Road, operated by Mr. French, so he knew where to
0: dispose where there were bins. I can't take Mr. French seriously, because he. It, there was a show when I was a little girl called My Three Sons, and Mr. Oh. French was the butler. Okay. I'm just having a, it a small issue It does give an
1: image, Mr. French, doesn't it? And yeah. I did try to search for his first name, but I think it must be redacted, because I couldn't find it anywhere.
0: Mm. Francois.
1: Francois. So Roger throws the remains of the drug registers in a dumpster and he goes back to the nursing home.
0: Rubbish bin. Do we call them dumpsters in Australia?
1: Yeah, I think if it's a big bin, it's a dumpster. Yeah, like a skip bin. Yeah, like a skip. With a lid on it. it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. So by the time he returns to the nursing home, 11... Can I do
0: a side note? Yeah. On rubbish, since we're in the bin area. Sure. Because something just occurred to me the other day. Okay. So remember we've talked about how in the hard rubbish there's always a, a mattress. Always. Always. Always is. Um, if you're putting one out, I think you need to put it out standing up or 100%. on its hundred percent.
1: Fuckers lay them down on mm. the nature
0: strip. Someone put a bed out the other day and yeah. it was like... As a bed. It looks like a bed. And on the nature strip, a single it's bed. It's weird. And it's so strange. Yeah. It's like, oh. Furniture can... out of context. Yeah, because I could immediately picture the people from the house laying yep. on that bed. Yeah, it was wrong. Please stand them up. Sorry. It's like
1: me, actually. No one knows who I am out of context. I don't want people to know who no, I am. No one but knows who I'm I am. But if I'm standing in front of a camera on the street, people walk past and go, hey, Chanel Vella.
0: And I go. <laughs> oh, the full name. Yeah, they always Same go the full well. name,
1: like you're in primary school. Hello, Chanel Vella. And I go, Hello. But out of without a camera there, they don't know who I am. Well, which same. is nice. But it's your great. face
0: is known; mine's not known so much. But I think they probably do know who you are when you're at Coles. but no, they ham. don't. Yes, they, they don't. do. They, they do. don't. But they don't. Want to I hope they you. don't. I hope they don't,
1: because they do. I'm doing all sorts of weird shit in there. In Coles. Oh yeah. But what are you doing? Looking at and... random things. Oh. Calling up Nicholas, being like, "Do you want this?" This is on. I'm, bulk, I'm a bulk buyer, so I'm there, like yes. with, with twelve cartons of milk. Like, I'm... do you
0: hit the half price thing at the end of the aisle? Yeah. I stand there for a very long time. Thinking, what do I need? I'm everything. buying two while I they're half
1: price. I am the smuggest bitch in the world. <laughs> when Nico goes, I'm out of deodorant, and I fucking skip along to the cupboard and go, eh, I got one. I've got a stockpile. I've stock got everything up. in stock. In the laundry, yep. I have. I've got. Yes. I love it. It's so good, isn't it's it? It's satisfying. Yeah. Anyway, back to it. But also, try not to move my head so this no, microphone doesn't cut we've out. We've
0: got a faulty micro, mic, microphone. I think people may have noticed by now, but there's yeah. nothing
1: we can do about it. Nothing. We're doing it's our very best. Or under no the
0: pod. COVID circumstances we're yeah. having to work in at the moment. This is the
1: only choice we have. Yep. Okay. So Roger's gone back to the nursing
0: home. By the way, also, put things on the shopping list when they are running out if it's something that i don't eat, you all know i don't need vegemite i'm not going to know you don't need vegemite? vegemite no i hate it what? i'm not going to know if the vegemite is getting low don't then come crying to me when oh, there's no the vegemite well why wasn't it on the list if it wasn't on the list too bad go with that to be
1: honest you don't need to buy vegemite that often if you buy the mm. big one it will last you a year
0: doesn't it go off no i think you'll outlive it
2: yeah, it's huge. It doesn't go
0: off. I've stopped going to Costco because I was just worried that we were a forcing ourselves to have more stuff so that we could buy more Costco stuff. Costco is a trap. Yep. Yeah. Because
1: all of a sudden you're, th- it's like, wordle.
0: Well, let's yep. go yep. full circle.
1: Yeah. You're thinking of shit you've never thought of before. Yep. And you just you're like, like,
0: Guess is that a thing? That's. A I thing. need a bulk pack of frozen. Correct. Profiteroles you're like, I
1: eat steak. We eat steak case. every week and then all of a sudden you're coming home with 30 pieces of steak and, and
0: nowhere to put them. What a, but mind you, their meat is good. Uh, I, I would go back for that. Okay. But yeah, I'm clinging on to my um, I glad wrap. So Roger goes back to the nursing home. By the time he arrives,
1: 11 residents have died. Dorothy Sterling, Dorothy Wu, Alma Smith, Lola Bennett, Ella Wood, Urbana Ali Pio, Caesar Galea, Doris Beck – Renegold William Green, Verna Wiebeck and Balke. I oh. apology for My apologies for not being able to say that last name correctly. I believe I've said it incorrectly. But 11 residents have died. At about noon, Roger was taken by ambulance to Mount Druitt Hospital. His condition was noted as presented with sooty residue on his face and clothes, pale skin and generally distressed. At about 2pm uh, Oh no, I'm Yes, at about 2 p.m., Roger was taken from Mount Druitt Hospital to Mount Druitt Police Station, where he made a written statement. In that statement, he described his movements throughout the evening but made no admissions. At 7.15 p.m., he was told by police that he was regarded as a suspect. Shortly after 7.50 p.m., Roger was arrested and cautioned. At 9.50 p.m., Roger entered into a... at 9:50 PM, Roger entered into a record of interview. Kirsten, don't edit that. In a,
0: why? Because people. I'm need trying to be professional. Hear what happens? People here
1: know <laughs> who the real me is. <laughs> um, uh, entered into a record of interview in which he admitted to lighting the fires. The interview extends over two hours. He admitted it because he wanted to have the cre- credit
0: to be the center of attention. Narcissist. He's a fucking narcissist. Yep.
1: Yeah. The interview extends over two hours and consists of about 350 questions. Roger provided lucid, rational responses to all of the questions, including informing the police that he had just taken an antidepressant, an antacid and a blood pressure tablet, before the interview.
0: Did he have to report the antacid? I mean, that's like... The you antacid. Know, it's oh, what my dog takes. And I used... It's the, not uh, really. The brightening toothpaste on right. the plaque. The offender provided a
1: detailed account of his movements throughout the night and the order of events. He was provided with a map of the nursing home and indicated the rooms on the map where he lit the fires. His explanation for lighting of the fires was that he had been he had had quite severe nightmares, had been suffering from depression for two years, and he had attempted suicide by taking a lot of medication all at once. He had turned to the church and he believed that Satan had urged him to f- light oh, the fires. Shut up. I know. God. Uh, we do have audio, which we'll play here.
2: Me deciding to do that was... I mean, you won't believe it, but it was like Satan saying to me that it's the right thing to do. I love the residents very much and I have a really good rapport with them. So I feel extremely bad and I just feel evil that I'm just corrupted with evil thoughts it started just as a small flame and i thought that that that's okay like that's containable i didn't expect it to be so big
1: on 11 counts of murder for every one for every single resident. He was sentenced to life imprisonment commencing from the eighteenth of november twenty eleven. Oh wow. I know. Wow. I'd never
0: heard that. You, I thought you would have
1: heard about it for no. sure. I actually thought, how have we not done this?
0: It sounded vaguely familiar with the bit where he was out with the with the police outside the nursing home. Yeah, there's vision of him. Yeah, If you Google his name,
1: uh, Roger Kingsley Dean and Quakers Hill, it will all come up. Mm. It's quite extraordinary.
0: What a horrible person. Again, mm. like if you just had that excuse of, oh, I was suicidal. Right. Well, why, well, why then go and kill someone else?
1: I don't like when people use mental health as a reason for their crimes I think think that takes away and stigmatizes people who actually do have mental health yeah
0: yes it's using it as an excuse and I'm not suggesting that anybody who is suicidal I don't I'm not saying go and kill yourself I'm not saying that but I'm saying don't go and kill someone else like get the help you need or don't use it as an excuse you just pointed out (sighs) wowie all right Mm. I have for you a story see
1: you've You've printed. I couldn't print last got, night. It was a real issue for me. Yeah,
0: I've got some printing, some laptop, you okay. know, a bit of an, uh, okay. a buffet of um, – there's a buffet of feedback too. We've got so much feedback. There's a very special one and we'll just do the People one People are today. still listening. It's incredible. I don't want to give it to you yet. There is a oh feedback God. coming.
1: Yeah. Which – You've warned me about. I don't know if I'm ready for it. I'm we trying both to read it. I no, can't read it from don't here. Don't get it
0: yet. It's actually a string of feedbacks. Okay. I'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to okay. it. Okay. We both cop it, but you you cop a couple of... Oh, for Christ. Let's first go uh, to Jacksonville, Florida, and it is May... Oh, we like being in Jacksonville, Florida. We've been there quite a few times. Uh, 1982. Florida has a lot of murder. Murder. Thank you. Nancy Wyler was 37, and she was at home with her two daughters. Christina, who everyone called Christy, was nine years old. And it was the day before her 10th birthday. So she was in grade five. She wanted to become a nuclear engineer when she grew up. So a very bright little girl. Nancy's – so there was another daughter. So there's Christy's nine and another little girl, Kathy, who's five, and Mm -hmm. uh, Nancy is the mum. Nancy's husband, John, was an executive with Westinghouse, and the Weiler family was about to move to Pennsylvania because John had been transferred there for work. He was already there, and he was waiting for them to come and join him. So Nancy was very well liked in the community. She was secretary of the parents and teachers, the PDA, PDA. Oh, the PDA. Yeah. At a kid's school. uh, Now, a man named Alan Lee Davis, whose parents lived next door to the Weilers, he broke into Nancy's home carrying a gun that his father had left in their kitchen. I know. He was 37 and he was on parole for armed robbery. In fact, he was just a rotten person. Why is he going in there? Well, because he's got evil intentions, because he's a rotten person. Okay. He had once, uh, in the past, he'd robbed an oil company employee at gunpoint. Mm. He had destroyed some machinery at work in a fit of anger, and he had deliberately driven another motorist off the road. So, Nancy told him to get out, and he lashed out at her, and... He hit her as she called out. Um, She was calling out to the girls to run. And the other thing to note is that Nancy at the time was three months pregnant with her third child. So Davis, uh, Alan Lee Davis, bashed her so badly that she was barely recognisable when the police found her body. The skin on her face and head was broken and bruised. She'd been hit 25 times. And police said that any one of those blows would have been enough to kill her. So, Davis had bashed Nancy with his gun, even after she must have lost consciousness. He hit her with such force that the trigger guard on the gun broke. Oh, my Lord. uh, And the wooden grips and the metal frame of the handle. So, when he was done with her, he tied nine-year-old Christie's hands behind her back. And as she lay on the bed, he fired a bullet (gasps) into her chest. He then made her...
1: Oh, you uh, you have to be a real piece.
0: To a child. That's, I yeah. know. I'm
1: not saying it makes it any different if you do it to an adult, but...
0: To a child, it's oh just... my days. Yeah. And, and tied up. It's So, he then made her... So, she's bound. She's wounded. She. Ma- he made her kneel in front of him and he shot her in the head at point-blank range.
1: Oh, he, after he'd already shot her in the chest, she yep. was still alive. Yep.
0: Mm. So, the five-year-old is still in the house, little Kathy, and she tried to run away. Davis shot her in the back. Mm. And then beat her after she was dead and crushed her skull.
1: And this has come from nowhere? He's just decided to do this? He's just a
0: shit human.
1: Right. Okay.
0: So, he then, after he killed all three of them, he stole a camera and some jewelry. Well, let's say four because Nancy was pregnant, wasn't she? Yeah. Uh, Investigators spoke to the Wyler's neighbors and they suspected Davis right from the start because he had been at that time visiting his parents who lived next door. And while detectives were there, he was there, they interviewed him and he said that he'd been living at the... Hang on. No, he admitted having been at the Weiler home the night before the murders. Mm. He's obviously obviously trying to explain why his DNA might be in the house. Right, Okay. Uh, his father told police that his son had been doing some handiwork at the wireless home. So, Davis was given a lie detector test. I think I've got... What's <coughs> happened? Pollen? No. Um, well, it could be because I've got the door open. It could be, but it also could be cape seed, toast related. Mm. <coughs> Sesame seed, cape. poppy yep. seed, not sure. Yep. Um he was given a lie detector test, but he failed that. Mm-hmm. So eventually he was he was charged with murder and he appeared before the Florida Supreme Court. I know what you're thinking. This is very early, early in the story to know who the killer is and he's already in court. Yeah. Something else must be coming. Yes, it is. Um, the court heard that he had entered their home armed with a pistol and rope, which he used to bind the little girl, and that was enough to support the court's finding of cold, calculated and premeditated behaviour. He was found guilty... And he was sentenced to die in the electric chair on July the 8th, 1999. His execution, keep forgetting his name, Alan Lee Davis, his execution is considered one of the worst ever carried out. It's known as the messiest execution. Are you ready?
1: How unfortunate.
0: So, the night before, he ordered his last meal. And I think we've looked at last meals. I think I've stopped them it. from I doing do, it. Yeah, mm. I
1: do I do like to know what people have had. But I know what you mean. They yeah. probably have stopped doing it because why should they be afforded? Exactly. Well, yeah. it's more because
0: they're being stupid. And he's gone stupid. He ordered
1: oh,
0: no. lobster, fried potatoes, fried shrimp, fried clams, garlic bread and root beer. He was actually a big, fat pig of a man. He weighed oh. over 350 yeah, pounds. Yeah, see, I'm not
1: sure about him getting a lobster. Yeah.
0: Mm. And his weight had gone up in jail and obviously not doing much exercise or anything. So, he really – 350 pounds is massive. Mm. Which, So, he, just bear in mind, this man's going to be sent to the electric chair. Right. He's a big old boy and oh, he's got no. a big belly full of all of that. He oh, was no. brought to the chamber in a wheelchair just after seven AM and I don't know if that's procedure or whether he wasn't able to walk for some reason. Okay. They had oh, sh- no, I don't
1: think they let them walk. I think that's a thing.
0: Oh. Mm. It's like yeah. when they won't let you walk out of hospital and it's like, I'm fine. Oh,
1: they, they're like, get in the wheelchair. Like, sometimes they, <laughs> once they put me in the wheelchair pre, yes, before my breast surgery, I was in the wheelchair before it oh. and I was like, I'm fine. They were like, no, no. And they put a blanket over my knees and everything. And I like the me blanket around. over the
0: knees though. I know, it's really comforting and sweet.
1: It makes you feel sick before you're sick.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, it, well, it, I think it could be part of that, them going, look, let us do it. let you us take charge here. You start regressing
1: into your frail state. You're like, yeah, I am about to have a really serious, yeah, I'm not okay, yes. But I love
0: it. I embrace all that. and do Those you? nurses, that's when I deeply fall in love with all the nurses. I know.
1: And then they come and put the foot pedals down so yeah. you can put your little yes. feet up. Yes. And they put your little sockies on so it's that you sweet. don't get... DBT while you're floating around the hospital. <laughs> I think it's more that they
0: they don't want you to fall when you're under their care because then it's a black mark against. It their must owner. be you yeah. know,
1: It's totally an OHS yep. thing.
0: Uh, so he was brought into the chamber in a wheelchair just after 7 in the morning they'd shaved his head which they do in the electric chair they're going to put that big old cap on you his right his head and his right lower leg were covered with a gel which is oh. conductive yeah, like a, got yeah. you. uh so he was hoisted into the electric hoisted. chair and secured with leather straps around his so they that they strapped down the legs the arms there's one around the waist, yeah. there's one around the chest and okay. there's one around the head holding it back, back. against the chair. Yeah, okay. Uh, he was asked if he had a last statement but he just shook his head as much as he could with strap around what it. What are
1: you saying in your last statement? I guess it well, depends what you a lot of people do. Did. It depends what you did.
0: A lot of people say sorry or I beg forgiveness or, you know, go mm. to fucking hell or cap a yeah. diem or I don't know what, what – What? no, that's the wrong expression but anyway. Yeah. Um so then once they'd given him the opportunity to say something, they then put a strap across his mouth ah. Uh, and his head was covered with it, must be pollen, <clears throat> Colored, with, covered with a skull cap and hood. Yeah. And he made a couple of roaring sounds. I don't know why. At Just, that point? Yeah, I don't know if it was fear or whether he was trying ready. to say something because they covered his, the strap uh, was across his mouth. I don't know whether they used to put a sponge in the mouth or something in the mouth so that they wouldn't bite their own tongue off. Not that that's going to matter at this stage. But anyway, it could be that he was trying to speak. But he made a couple of roaring sounds. Uh, The lever was pulled at 7.10am. Davis's back straightened. His hands clenched and his chest... Is this revolting? I suppose that's what people come to this podcast for, isn't it? It's called dead bodies. Yep. His chest um, seemed to expand. This is the lever
1: they put down to start the electricity flowing, right? Yes. Yep.
0: Yep. Uh, His body... Hands clenched, chest seemed to expand, and then his body came to rest. And then some blood started to appear on the front of his shirt. So, are
1: they thinking he's dead at this point?
0: So, they believe. They think it's done. job done. Chest expanded. He's now come to rest. He's not moving. Yep. But then at that point, some blood started Uh, to appear on the front of his shirt. uh, Now, there's various accounts of because obviously they witnessed these things yeah some people said that the blood had leaked from his nose during the execution and had dripped onto his shirt so it started off as a red dot and then it grew and grew and then it was a a splotch about eight inches wide okay so big as a saucer or a dinner plate or something nervous Mm. yeah um and then he started to breathe again. His oh, chest—I know—it's like you thought I what was dead. What are you doing? No, got more. Yeah, of him.
1: <gasps> yeah. What are you doing at that point?
0: Uh, I think they're all just watching in horror at this point. So his chest heaved apparently about ten times, Ugh. and everyone realised he was still alive. But because you
1: could be thinking it's just like a bit of <clears> what are, the death rattle situation. You're so annoyed that a fly. A fly just, fly came, just in.
0: came in. I'm just going to close the door now. Sorry, Kirsty. Door is a real issue.
1: That. That fly is the size of a... Well-fed? Jesus. They really do feed the flies well around this Mm. part of town, don't they? Yeah. It's probably
0: been down the chook pen enjoying something from some of the chicken's fruit. Okay. So, um, remember he got wheeled in at 7. This is 7.15. He was eventually pronounced dead.
1: Okay. Mm. So the breathing, then nothing. So they think he's dead again.
0: Yep. So now it's seven fifteen, but now he's got this big thing of blood Blood. across the front of him. Yep. So witnessing the execution was no. It's (laughs) no. What
1: the? (laughs) What is going on? It's about to. My microphone is on and off. Dee Dee's just run out. She, you can hear her coughing. There's a fly the size of a. Seriously, a large helium balloon in here. Just just, <laughs> just, just ripping around the room.
0: Can anything else go wrong? Chanel's not... The microphone's not working. There's a fly flying around and I've got a, a seed in my it's throat. It's still right. in here,
1: that fly. It's going to... And I reckon... Kirst, can you hear it when it flies around? It's not flying around yet. I
0: can't, no. I reckon if anyone has firstly put up with us not being there for a while and they've got furious with us and left our podcast. They've come back to this comeback episode and they've just gone, what the actual why am I wasting my time? Do you with know these what people? I was
1: actually thinking when I was driving here, you wouldn't want to start this podcast on the latest episode. <laughs> no. It would make no fucking sense at all. They'd be like, I came here is this the right it says dead bodies. They're talking about periods. What is going on? You just that's you got won't understand that's got blood that's You won't right. understand At the latest episode You need to go back Yeah,
0: go back Okay, so witnessing the execution Nancy Weiler's husband, John Weiler And he said This was a necessary thing that had to be done And everyone has to understand why I've had to wait 17 years for some type of closure to this Okay Weiler was sitting in the centre of the front row of the witness room and he said that just before the hood was put over Davis's head, he made eye contact with the killer of his wife and his two young daughters and he said he didn't show an ounce of remorse. He knew who I was. He didn't care, not one bit. Um, And Weiler said that his family's murders had been barbaric so he just didn't care. He said there is no question of the cruel and terrible deaths that Alan Lee Davis inflicted on his victims. Davis was a deviant animal That should have been permanently caged or executed many years before May 1982. The execution today was a legal, moral and righteous one. And I can assure you, God approves. So there was a lot of publicity about the execution because of the mess that was made. And his body was an absolute mess. So apart from the bleeding from the nose and the blood on his chest, I still don't know where that came from. His head, leg and groin were burned and his fingernails had turned red
1: I, I just don't care.
0: No. Uh, they, he, shot well, a,
1: he shot a little girl and then after she was shot, he made her kneel and he shot her again.
0: But I do think as humans, we're better than that. We don't, it's, It's. It, yes, he, d- maybe, uh, I'm still not comfortable oh, with the death penalty, you, but if you uh, accept yes. that he deserved to die, I know. it so needs to be done humanely.
1: Another thing, if you've just decided to join on this <laughs> episode, is you and I have, con- I'm, going in and out again. You and I have conflicting views about the death penalty. We always have. Yep. You, you're not a fan. I think it has a place for some people. Mm.
0: Well, I – yeah, again, this probably is a, one an example of why I don't believe it should happen. I know. Happen.
1: I, I, it's not that I 100% agree with it there, but I think there are mm. some clear-cut cases.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I know what you're saying. It's hard to feel any sympathy at all for him, yeah. but I think we can do better than this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, photos, Three photos from it were published on the Florida High Court official website because th- there are people who uh, uh, want to argue that um, a death via electrocution is, is outdated. There are better sure. ways to do it. Oh, that I agree with, yeah. definitely. So um, they, th- certain people were arguing that it should be done in future through lethal injection. And they cited some other examples of the electric chair going wrong. In 1990, a journalist, Ron Word, was at the ex- execution of a 43-year-old, Jesse Tefero, who'd been convicted of murdering a police officer and another man. And he was strapped into the electric chair. But when the executioner pulled the switch, flames oh. several feet mm. shot, uh, high shot out of the top of his head.
1: Yeah, I don't think we should be using the electric chair anymore, right? No. Is it still used anywhere?
0: I, it, uh, I'll Google it. Well, hang on, because I might have it in here and I wrote this a long time ago and I can't remember. Uh, That chair had malfunctioned and they put a synthetic sponge uh, inside the head fitting and the sponge had caught fire. So, it wasn't his actual head that had caught fire. Um, They tested a similar sponge in a kitchen toaster. Oh, my God. Where it caught fire and then they used a fire resistant. So, sea sponges, trivia, don't catch fire. They use them. And, um, uh, oh, hang on.
1: Do you know what is the second thing that comes up when you type in, do they still, and it goes, do they still make Holden's? Yes. Do they still use the electric chair? Oh, wow. And then after that, do they still do contact tracing?
0: (laughs) (laughs) More people interested. Uh, Certainly. Well, yes, I check in every single time I go into every store. Do you want Uh, an update? No. So, okay, hang on.
1: sorry.
0: Of what? A- Who electric uses chairs? It? Well, let me see if I've got it in my story. Oh, okay, it could sorry. be a surprise to all of us, including okay. me. Okay. Um, uh, they banned synthetic sponges. They, they figured out that they were causing them. Lawyers for other death row inmates claim that not enough electricity had been applied. This is going back to Davis, uh, yep. Alan Lee Davis, the first guy. They hadn't applied enough electricity to make his death painless. It's supposed to be. Two thousand three hundred volts for eight seconds, then a hundred a thousand volts for twenty two seconds, and then two thousand three hundred again for another eight seconds. But in his Execution, the voltages were about half of that. And remembering he's a big man, that's why. Um, So his execution was the first in Florida's new electric chair, which had replaced the rickety old oak chair that had been there since 1924. But because of what happened to Alan Lee Davis, he is the last person executed by electric chair in Florida. Yes. All executions since then in Florida have been carried out by lethal injection, although inmates can still choose to be executed by electric chair. Uh, Only one, um, as of 2021, only one since that time has asked to die by electrocution. And there we have it.
1: So as of 2021, the only places in the world that use the uh, electric chair as an option, Alabama, South Carolina, Kentucky and Tennessee, it still has Florida there because it has it as an option as you mentioned. Uh, The last time the electric chair was used was August 15, 2019. Mm. Uh, It was used on Stephen Michael West in Tennessee. Don't know what he did. You can Google it
0: uh now as promised there is some sensational feedback because we have limited time to do our recordings trust me we are making a um, most unusual big efforts to try and bring you the podcast we might hold it over for the next episode but we can start the episode we're gonna start with, it with, with it, 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 it cause cause next I'm time. nervous so that's your blooming lot for today uh and we'll be back in a couple of weeks and dead bodies we're back if you want to send us any feedback you can send it uh Actually, the Facebook page is best at the moment. There's lots of explanations as to why, but Dead Bodies Podcast, check it out on uh, on Facebook. Dead Bodies is
1: created by DD Dunleavy and Chanel Vela and produced by Kirsten Lim Howe. Contact us at Podcast at gmail.com.